Good morning, Stockholm Community Church. Carolyn Dunn here. I have the privilege of serving as the lead pastor of this amazing international church. We are in the middle of the summer. We are in the middle of our summer in the Psalm series. And I just have to tell you, I'm so glad that you have chosen to be part of the service this morning. My prayer as I prepared the message and as I'm going to share it with you is that God speaks to you specifically this morning, that he speaks to your heart and that you would know that you have a God who loves you, who is for you, and who wants to see you succeed in this life with him walking right next to you. So aren't we excited that we have a God who cares about the big details in our life and who also cares about the little details? Now, we can turn on the TV or we can go to the store and look at all these magazines. And what do we see? We see all of this different information about celebrities. Yes, who is dating who, who is vacationing here and there. It is everywhere. So I could find out almost anything I would want to know about a celebrity by either I could Google it, I could watch a YouTube video, I could look at a magazine or sometimes even the news. Do, ce do celebrities interest you? Are there some that you follow? Well, it could be intriguing at times, with, whether it's a royal wedding or a red carpet event. I was even in a fan club when I was little, the Karola Hegekvist fan club. So any Swedes here who follow Karola, when I was like eight, nine years old, I was in her fan club. I even got a little poster with her name signed on it. I can't say that I have been in a fan club for many, many years. And the reason for that is I can read up on all of these celebrities. I can feel like I know what is going on in their life, but really it's a one-sided relationship because as much as I may know these celebrities, they're never gonna know me. And I think at the core of all of us is we want to know people, but we also want to be known. Think about some of the relationships that you have, the ones that leave you excited and uh, gives you courage and inspires you and makes you feel good. Those are the relationships where it's not one-sided, but it's a relationship with mutual respect of, of giving to each other. You know, so often, you know, we seek people out, but we also like when people seek us out. We like to know people and we like to be known. We want to accept people and for people to accept us. We want to love people and we also want to be loved. We want to pour our lives into someone and we want them to pour in to us. You see, again, at the core of who we are, we want to know people and we also want to be known. And so let's talk about our relationship with God. Now, we could look at God from the celebrity standpoint, right? He is this all-powerful, all-knowing, magnificent, majestic God. We could look at the scripture and it could almost be like the, the magazines that tell us about the celebrities. We can read about this God and know about him. But do we really realize or recognize that he wants to know us? 
Well, if we look at scripture from the very beginning of scripture to the very end, Old Testament to New Testament, we actually see throughout all of scripture, God has a desire to be in relationship with us. He doesn't want to be this God that is far off, that is distant, that only we seek, but he actually seeks us. You see, he doesn't just want to be known, but he wants to know us as well. And so as we jump in to our summer in the Psalms, we are going to dive into Psalm 139 this morning. And we can see throughout the whole part of this psalm, it's just a story about how we can be known by God. But in verse 17, it really sums it all up. And in verse 17, it says this, How precious are your thoughts to me, O God. Another translation says, How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. So God's thoughts about me, about me, about you, they can't be numbered because he thinks about us constantly. We are constantly on his mind. Wow. Isn't that amazing? He doesn't forget a birthday or an anniversary or big moments in our life. No, he is there and he is ever present. Matthew 10, chapter 29, or chapter 10, verse 29 through 31 says this. Are not two sparrows sold for a cent? And yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So do not fear. You are more valuable than many sparrows. We have a God who knows how many hairs we have on our head. I heard this scripture verse when I was little, and there were times, I know this is going to sound a little crazy, but I was testing God a little bit, but I would like pull one of my hairs, and I'm like, or I pull a couple, I'm like, okay, God, how many are there now? Can you really keep track of them? But he does. He knows me so much and cares about me so much that he knows the numbers of hair that I have on my head. Now, I could make a joke about my husband here that there's not that many hairs that he's God's got to keep track of because Brian's losing hair. Okay, side note, yes, you would all laugh if we were here in person, right? So uh, maybe it's a good thing that some of us lose hair, then, then God doesn't have to keep track of all of it. But if we go to Psalm 139, verse 1, it says this, You have looked deep into my heart, Lord, you know all about me. There is nothing about you that God doesn't know. Now, this isn't meant to be a little scary. Ugh, God knows everything about me. No, this is actually exciting because we can see in verses two to three that God sees our actions. You know when I'm resting or when I'm working, and from heaven, you would discover my thoughts. You notice everything I do and everywhere I go. God knows what we are up to. God knows what we lay in bed at night and think about. 
He knows what concerns us. He knows what makes us happy. He knows what gives us purpose and meaning and that makes us excited and fills us with courage. He also knows what fills us with fear. The beautiful thing with these verses is God hasn't forgotten you. God hasn't dismissed you. You are not an afterthought. No, everything about you, you're coming and you're going, you're resting and you're working. God cares about those details of your life. God sees your future. In verse four, we read, before I even speak a word, you know what I will say. Now, that might be a little bit, wait a minute, before I say a word, you know what I'm gonna say? Does that mean if God's got a plan and a purpose for my life that, that I don't have a choice? Oh, we absolutely do, but God is not bound by time. God is here now, and God is also in the future. He's everywhere. He transcends time, but he knows what's gonna come out of your mouth. He knows what's coming out, your thoughts. And there's a security in that as well, to know that we are safe with a God who knows our present, but he also knows our future. God sees and protects us. In verse five, it says, you go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. You see, God surrounds us with his goodness. He surrounds us with his nearness. And he doesn't just watch from a distance. As scripture here says, he places his hand upon us to protect us and also to defend us. Now, any good relationship requires proximity, to be close to someone. You see, when there's distance in a relationship, it's hard to be close. And so we see here that God sees you. God goes before you, he goes beside you, he goes behind you, because he desires to be near you. God is near you everywhere. In verses seven through nine, we read this. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go to, down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. God is near you everywhere. And I love the beauty of what the psalmist writes here because there are times I feel that I'm not near to God. Sometimes I feel like he is distant. He is far away. I feel like my prayers are bouncing off of the ceiling. I wonder if he's even listening to me. But the promise we see here in Psalm 139 that no matter what, no matter what I'm doing, God is near. And so I need to stand upon the truth of God's word. So when my emotions and my feelings say, huh, does God even care? Is God even around? Guess what? He is. He's near me. He's everywhere around me. There's no limitation to where God can be. 
And I love the beauty that we see in these scripture verses. God is near us so that he can lead us. You see, when we are close to God, we know his heart, we know his truth, we understand his purposes, and that gives us an incredible freedom to be led by God of what we should do, what we should not do, who we should build a relationship with, what influence we should have in our workplace, how to raise our children, how to be a good son or a daughter, to make wise decisions. And so God is near us so that he can guide us and so he can lead us. And there's no better place to be. Let's keep going. God is near you to comfort you. In verses 11 and 12, we read this. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night. But even in darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as the day. You see, God isn't limited by darkness or, or only can live in light. And no matter what you're going through, whether you are plagued with doubt, with fear, with insecurity, with anxiousness, you feel maybe this cloud of darkness is surrounding you, there's a beauty of knowing that God is right there. And we may not see it when we're in the midst of the darkness, but there's always a little bit of light in the darkness when we have Jesus. And then that darkness gets pushed away and gets pushed to the side when God once again becomes the center and the focus of our lives. Philippians 4 verses 5 through 6 says it best. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing. He doesn't want you to be anxious. And because I can know and I can stand on God's truth that he is near, I don't have to be anxious. We're coming soon to the end here of Psalm 139. And I really want to close with this so important point. God made you on purpose. Yeah, God made you on purpose. No matter what the circumstances may have been that brought you into this world, God has had a plan and a purpose for, for you from the very, very beginning. We read here in the verses, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. We are complex as humans. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, and I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. You are not an accident. You are not here by chance. No, you are here because God has marvelously and wonderfully created you in his image. 
The world is going to try to steal our identity. The world is going to try to steal our purpose. The world is going to try to convince us that we cannot make a difference or that our lives are not significant. But I tell you, as we see here in the Word of God in Psalm 139, that God makes no mistake. And as He has woven you together and put you together, He has done it with a plan. He has done it with a purpose and the enemy of your soul. He wants to steal that. He wants to destroy that. He wants to minimize your life. But God has given you this life that you are meant to live to the fullest, in abundance, with your cup overflowing. So when those moments of doubt begin to creep in or someone says something to you that is not true about you or your character or who you are. You need to go back to the Word of God. You need to remind yourself of who God created you to be, what He has destined you to do, and then you need to stand a little bit taller with your head held high to say, you know what? I was created in God's image. I reflect who God is, and I will choose to not shrink back. You are not created by accident, but you are here for a purpose in this season for such a time as this. And I know sometimes this is hard when the world's storming around us and things are going on, but I want you to cling to the truth of why God created you. And it was to reflect who He is and to show this world how a loving God is here for everyone. Ephesians 2.10 says this, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. I read a quote uh, a couple weeks ago and it has really stuck with me and I hope it sticks with you. Allie Worthington said this, someone somewhere is depending on you to do what God has called you to do. You see, you were created for a purpose. Maybe it is the light that you carry inside of you. Maybe it is the smile. Maybe it is the helping hand. God has a plan and a purpose for you. I can't say it enough. It's not just about going to our jobs nine to five. It's not just about paying our bills. It is bigger and it is greater. And so may you capture God's vision for you as you step in to Stockholm Community Church, as you step into our dream team, to our team of volunteers that make sure that Sundays happen, that whether it is setting up chairs, running sound, taking care of our amazing kids and Stockholm kids, God wants to use the talents and abilities that he has given you so that you can make a difference. Psalm 139 really is all about knowing God, but also knowing that we are known by God. And as we are known by him, there is no rejection there. There is no shunning. There is no get away from me. I don't like you. But we have a heavenly father who loves us, who is for us, who's got a plan for us, and who is trustworthy. 
He will never reject you. Even if you found yourself drifting, even if you found yourself in a place where maybe some sin patterns have gotten in between you and God, doesn't mean he loves you less. But he says, come on back to me, son. Come on back to me, daughter. Because when you are in close relationship with me, that is when you're going to thrive. That is when you're going to experience the blessings and the contentment that comes with being in relationship with me. If you've been listening to this message today, and maybe this is not the description you've ever heard about God, maybe he's always been described to you as someone who's far off, sitting on a cloud, who's disconnected. That is so far from truth because we see throughout scripture that God's goal is is to be in relationship with you and with me. So if this morning this is something new and you say, I want to explore faith, I want to get to know Jesus, I want to invite you to pray with me this morning. It is a simple prayer saying, Jesus, I believe in you. Forgive me for my sins and help me to live each day knowing you more and living out your truth in my everyday life. Pray with me. Jesus, I believe in you. Forgive me of my sins. I thank you for the grace that you have for me and help me from this day forward to live a life where you are in the center of it, where you are the most important person, and I will follow you every day for the rest of my life. Amen. And that's the simple prayer, but such a life-changing prayer where Jesus gets to come in and transform our life so that we can become more like him. Thank you for being part of the service this morning. And I would say take some more time in Psalm 139 and let the truth of God's word soak into your heart, soak into your thoughts, soak into your life, and so that you can walk confidently knowing that you know God and he knows you.